Turn with me, please, if you would be so kind in your Bibles, not your Reader's Digest, <laughs> but in your Bibles, to the book of, uh, I'm calling this um, part six of, of uh, healing part six, the authority <clears throat> to receive. And I know that sounds a little different, but God's been talking to me about some things lately, and I just thought it would be um, I wasn't going to share it quite yet. I was going to wait till the new year, but just kind of rolled up in my spirit today to talk about it tonight. So I think it will help us. Praise God. And Jesus and uh, Mark 11, you got in Mark 11? Did I tell you to go to Mark 11? You should have, you should have known that, brother. You should have known that. Uh, Mark 11 and verse 20, 22. I know none of you have ever read that before. This is nice. I can really keep an eye on people. I think this is great. Reverend Greg, you're not going to get it way with as much as you have in the past. And Jesus, and Jesus answering saith, saith unto them, have faith in God. Well, the context is uh, in Peter, verse 21, calling to remembrance, saith unto them, Pastor, behold the fig tree, which thou cursed is withered away. And Jesus answering saith, saying, saith unto them, have faith in God, or have the God kind of faith which means it's possible for us to believe exactly like our father believes. It's possible. Otherwise, he wouldn't tell us that. And so the people, the vile people that have tried to say, name it and claim it and blab it and grab it and all this nonsense, that is such a vile violation of the revelation of the Holy Ghost. It really is. Don't ever, ever say that and don't ever agree with people that say that. In fact, knock them out and pray for forgiveness later and for, and for healing for them, if they deserve it. You know what I'm saying? I'm not encouraging violence, but I am encouraging standing up for what you believe and not letting people walk over you because this is a precious revelation God's given the church and people misunderstand it. And, just, and then some people have, have obviously manipulated and, and not treated it right. And then they really have just tried to use it for self-gain and all that kind of stuff. And, but God don't mind you using it for self-gain as well, because he told Dad Hagen, I don't have a problem with people being rich. I have a problem with them being covetous. He wants you rich. Above all things, I want you to prosper and be in health. So he doesn't mind us having what we need, but he also wants us to think about the gospel. Do you know what I mean? Somebody asked Dr. Sumrall, they wanted to get a very high-end car minister. I don't know if it was for Bentley or Ferrari or something. And he said, you know, is it right to do that when I know there's people that are hurting? and struggling, and there's so much poverty in the world. And, and Brother Sumrall said, you know, you take this or leave this. I, I, I'm just telling you what he said. He said, uh, it's not, there's, not, there's not a problem to have one. He said, but do you need four? Now, technically, it's technically not a problem to have four either, I guess. But what he was saying is, I've seen the need, and I know how desperately the gospel has to get out. Uh, your money can be we, we, are, we have a responsibility to steward finances to win souls. But that doesn't mean the religious side of that says you can't have anything nice because there's poverty. Jesus said the poor are always with you. So he didn't mind them spending a whole year's salary on anointing him. So he didn't have a poverty mentality, but you know, we do know that souls need to be one and there has to be a balance somewhere in there, but the Lord has to show you that privately, what is your balance? It's not my job to really tell you how many of one thing you can have or, or anybody's job to tell you that. The Holy Ghost has to say to you, okay, uh, you've reached your limit now, now let's funnel more into the kingdom. Yeah. And Dr. Sumrall wasn't trying to say you can only have one. He was trying to say there's a balance. Have things that are nice. Have things that you desire. But, but remember the gospel. Don't put that on the bottom of your list. It really should be the top of your list because souls is really what we should be thinking about and global evangelism and, and the kingdom of God. So uh, we see here that uh, Jesus is talking and he says, have faith in God. It's possible to have God's faith. And, and, God, and this is why all these people that are against it, they didn't read it because he, Jesus is telling us to have the God kind of faith. And now he tells us exactly how to have it. It's not to verse 23 is a continuation of 22. For verily I say unto you whatsoever you shall, that whatsoever shall, whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed, be thou cast into the sea and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. Therefore, I say unto you, what things, what things soever you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them 
and you shall have them. For a long time, I'm just going to talk, can I just talk to you from my heart? For a long time, I saw verse 23 and 24 as separate entities from the perspective of, he's talking about mountains, struggles, obstacles, devils. Now he's talking about God the Father, verse 24, and receiving. So he's talking about you're going to deal with problems, and then he switches and then talks about now you're going to receive from the Father. And because there's such a difference there in the two subject materials, one, I'm dealing with mountains, obstacles, problems, devils. The next thing, I'm talking to my father and I'm believing I receive from him. I'm, pr- I'm in prayer. You understand? It says, what's everything you pray? But the previous one says, what you, basically, what you command. So I kind of looked at them kind of separately, which was incorrect. Because what that leads to is that my authority is really only for mountains and problems and sickness and devils and all this kind of stuff, which is correct. But then if you only look at it like that, there's a tendency, maybe you've never been this way, but I'm telling you my, my journey, there's a tendency to realize, to think for, for whatever reason, if verse 23 and 24 are truly separate, well then your way that you pray in verse 24 has nothing to do with authority then. Do you understand? Because your authority is to deal with mountains. But then when you're with God, it's like this little passive, real gentle, you know, with a tear running down your face kind of attitude of, oh, God, I I believe I receive. And there's a gentleness in my mind about that because I'm dealing with my father and you don't get aggressive with God, so to speak. But you get aggressive with the mountain. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? I don't know if you've ever thought hard and long enough about it to actually form an opinion in your own mind, but I think about these two verses a lot because they are foundational verses for faith. And so I often looked at it as though uh, my my faith is this powerful and I command and I believe and I speak to that mountain, but when it comes to God, there's this real passive, gentle, slow kind of, oh God, you know, thank you, I believe, I receive. And if you look at it like that, then the aggression of the authority in verse 23 doesn't relate to verse 24. Are you with me? God started to talk to me a little while ago, some time ago, about this, and I've been letting it mull and, and, you know, coffee percolates. It takes a while for that water. You see it go in, but don't come out right away. If it's good coffee, it takes a little bit of time, you know what I mean, to get down through there. And so sometimes things got to take some time. Spiritual revelation has to take some time to just pray it out. And, and I haven't necessarily talked to anybody, uh, you know, about this. Even my wife, I've just been meditating on it. And I wasn't planning on really sharing it tonight. I was, it was a New Year's kind of in the 2022 in my message lineup. But I felt the Lord prompt me and say, just it's not all polished, but you know, in my, in my notes, I don't have it all polished, but, but he's, you don't have to have it all polished. Just talk because it will help. It'll help some folk. And it's kind of one of these things that has to grow and develop. It's not, this is the only time. So I'm just saying that's how I viewed it. And then the Lord, the Lord dealt with me recently, Reverend Greg. And he said, turn, he said to me, he said, turn to Matthew chapter 16. So I turned and I'd like you to turn to Matthew chapter 16 because he was trying to teach me that I'm not looking at this right. And because I'm not looking at this right, I'm not receiving from God what I should receive from God. And you're probably not either. Maybe you're not looking at it at all. Forget about not looking at it right. Maybe you're just not even looking at it. At least I'm looking at it, Dan. At least I've got credit that I'm looking at it, albeit wrong. It's better than not looking at it at all. Some people don't even know the verse exists. And if they do, they haven't read it in six months. Jenny, give me credit that at least I'm looking at it, but wrong. I'm trying to give myself some kind of, you know, thing here. Yeah, thank you. I just pat myself a little bit because at least I looked at it. You, Greg, you didn't even look at it. But, 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 but at least I looked at it, but I looked at it wrong. I don't know. We're equal, I guess. We're equal. But he said, you're looking at this wrong, and if you look at it wrong, it's going to affect directly your ability to receive things yes. from me. Yeah. God wants to get things over to us. I'm, te- are you, I'm trying to help you. We're a faith church. We're a word and spirit church. We got to talk about how to get things from God, because this can't just be a bunch of hooey and a bunch of fancy talk, but nobody gets healed and nobody gets finances. And when you really need a job, you can't get it. We got to get skillful in how do I get stuff from my father for this life, for this life, Jenny, for this life. 
because I've got all these people now that are expecting Dominica, you know, and, 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 and dear God, the Philippines and, 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 and I don't know, Portugal or something. And then now you're, now you're trying to add Tibet onto my list, Reverend Happy. And I don't know what's going on. I don't know where we're going. I don't know what we're doing. All I know is that there's a whole lot required. We're going to need some stuff from God. And then I go look over into the future and I see Brother Randy steps into the spirit and he's in a new sanctuary. I didn't go. He went. You know, I think I'm the one that needs to see it, but he saw it. And then he's saying that's what it will be called, the glory center. And, and I'm looking at how much things cost. And I'm looking at how much you're going to give. And then I'm looking at how much things cost. And then I'm looking at how much you're probably going to give. And then I want to quit the ministry. And then, and then I look at how much it costs. And then I look at what you're probably going to give. And then I throw up. And then I look at how much it costs. And then I look at how much you're probably going to give. And then I take three Tylenols when you're only supposed to take two. 1,000 milligrams. I added it 1,500 just to knock myself out. And then I started to realize, well, maybe, 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 maybe God can do this, but I've got to figure out how to get things from him. And I do know how to get things from him, but he, he's, he's helping finalize and perfect. He's sharpening the sword for me because, you know, I can get things if I hack it. Sometimes you get it, but you might have to hack it six times. God wants that samurai sword where you get so skillful and so sharp. It's just one sharp, but it takes time to sharpen your faith. So he's sharpening me and he said, turn to Matthew 16. And so I said, yes, sir. And I went over to Matthew 16, please, if you would be so kind in verse 18. And it says, and I say unto you also that thou art Peter and upon this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And I give, and I will give, he didn't give it then because he had to die and rise again first. I will give unto thee the keys of the kingdom of heaven, keys to access to gain entry into the way God does things. What is the kingdom of heaven? It's the way God does things. Seek ye first the kingdom of heaven and his right. Seek first the way God does things. Dad Hagen and Dad Dufresne, Dad Dufresne, excuse me, would always say the kingdom of heaven is the way God does things. It's God's system. The world system is not the kingdom of God. It's the kingdom of darkness. The kingdom of God is God's way of doing things. Seek how God does things. Okay, now it says, I give you access and entry into the way God does things. If you want to know how God does things, you've got to have, have a key to get into that. And he tells us this is the key to get entry into the way God does things. This is very important. Now he says, whatsoever thou shalt bound, whatsoever thou shalt bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. And whatsoever thou shalt loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Now, I want to just read you that, please, from, it's also in Matthew 18, but I'm reading because Matthew 18 talks about the prayer of agreement, and he repeats, Jesus repeats that phrase, whatever you bind will be bound, whatever you loose will be loosed. He repeats that in Matthew 18, talking about the prayer of agreement, but the original statement was Matthew 16, which is when he's at Caesarea Philippi, and he's, and he's talking about the gates of hell. Well, now, you've heard my, my sermon about the gates of hell and how Taylor and I were there, and we got to jumping and shouting, and we realized the revelation of what that really meant, right? But that's not what I'm talking about today, but that's where he was in Caesarea Philippi. Okay, Banyas is what they call it. And he's looking at this thing that actually they believed was the gates of hell. And it represented all of the darkness and all of the witchcraft and everything on that society. And he says, even these gates, he took them for a, for a physical sermon illustration to Banyas, which is in northern Israel. We've been there. And he says, and I see these, that what they called the gates of hell. The Romans called them the gates of hell. The Greeks originally under Alexander the Great called them the gates of hell. And so the Jews believed they were the gates of hell. And he says, even these gates, even these gates can't stop us, can't stop the church. Why? Because I give you access and entry into the way I do things into, into great dominion. Because he's talking about the devil can't stop. That's dominion. Now he says, I'm going to let you access this power that can't stop you. What is it? What you bind, be bound. What you loose, shall be loose. Do you see that? Now, I want you to see what, what he's actually saying here. I'm going to read it to you from the Amplified Version. In Matthew chapter, same thing. My, my phone's being a bit weird, sorry. Matthew 16, what did I say, Taylor? 18? Where is it? Where is it? Okay. In the Amplified, it says, I will give you the keys, authority, authority. The keys are authority of the kingdom of heaven. And what, whatever you bind, forbid, declare to be improper and unlawful on earth 
will have already been bound in heaven. And whatever you loose, permit, or declare lawful on earth will have already been loosed in heaven. Mm-hmm. It's a weird way that they phrase that, but it's, it's an important thing that you understand. Now, the Young's literal translation says it this way, um, and I give you the keys of the, key, uh, uh, the keys of the, of, and I will give you, to thee the keys of the reign of the heavens, R-E-I-G-N, and whatever thou mayest bind upon the earth shall be having been bound in heavens, and whatsoever thou mayest loose upon the earth shall be having been loosed in the heavens. If you study this, it's one of the very few times in the entire New Testament where there is an imperfect Greek tense. And all three tenses, past, present, and future, are in this verse. Most verses don't have that. What he's saying is, you've got to do something, and then it shall have been done in heaven. What he means is, heaven is going to future tense manifest what you say, because it has to happen for you, but it's already happened because it's already happened past tense because Jesus did it on the cross. So heaven's not doing something unauthorized. It was already provided, but now it has to be manifested. But before it can be manifested, you've got to say something. You've got to access keys or authority by binding. Are you with me? Now we know this. This is not necessarily new, but I'm reading it and I'm saying, Lord, yes, bind. I know to bind Mark 11, 23. When you're talking to that mountain, really what you're doing is binding. You're declaring it improper and unlawful. You're saying, no. That's your authority. You have a right to do that. That's your authority. That's your key. You are now gaining entrance and access into how God does things. By your command of faith, your command of authority, your dominion, you say, no, mountain, I command you to go. You're declaring it unlawful, improper, and not permitted. And heaven will now manifest and back you up and manifest that for you in the future because it's already done it when Jesus died shall have been bound in heaven. But then the Lord said, now, now this, is, this, this is what he helped me with. He said, you always talk about the first part of the verse. That's what he said to me. So I read it again. He said, why don't you ever talk about the last part of the verse? Whatsoever you shall bind in heaven, whatsoever you shall bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. And whatsoever thou shalt loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. He said, you always talk about binding, son, but you don't ever talk about loosing. Why is that? I said, I don't talk about loosing because I don't know what it means. And I don't ever hear anybody talk about the loosing part. And some people think that loosing is the same as binding, meaning you bind the devil and then you try to loose people or you, I don't know what they're talking about, but it's, it's confused me in the past when I hear people talk about loosing, loose this, loose that. Then they try to say, Jesus said, you know, to the woman that was bowed over, your daughter of Abraham, be loosed of your affliction. So maybe that means loosing people from the devil's power. So therefore, if you're binding the devil, but you're loosing people from the devil's power, maybe binding and loosing means the same thing. That's what I've heard people say. Well, it doesn't. Binding and loosing are opposites on the spectrum. Jesus loosed the woman, quote unquote, but what he was doing was binding the devil as he loosed her. Loosing does not mean binding, and binding does not mean loosing from the perspective of one is against something and the other is for something, if you studied in the original language. Are you with me? So when we talk about loosing, can I read it to you from the Passion Translation? Because it helped me a lot to read it from the Passion Translation, because I did a, a word study on that word loose to, to really understand what it's talking about. And it says here, verse in the Passion, I will give you the keys of heaven's kingdom realm to forbid on earth that which is forbidden in heaven and to release on earth that which is released in heaven. Now, another version, I think it's the good news, but I don't have it in front of me right now, says the word to open. Loose means to open. Loose means to release. The Amplified says loose means to permit. Are you with me? And I heard the Holy Ghost start to teach me because he's the teacher. And he said, do you remember Dad Hagen when he would receive things from God the way he'd pray? He'd say, Father, 
It's mine. I take it now. Did you notice he never said, it's mine. <laughs> I take it now. There was always, it's mine. I take it. What's everything you pray, desire when you pray? Believe that you receive them. It's mine. I take it now. Are you, are you understanding? And I saw he started to paint me a picture about how this, this uh, authority that we have to forbid things and declare things improper, unlawful, that they will not be a part of our life, that the mountain has to move, verse 23. That same authority comes into verse 24 because when we're now in a receiving mode from God, you have to use your authority to receive from God. Instead of just this passive, Lord, if you want. Now, I think that's why we don't get some stuff because it's, it's always the attitude of, well, Lord, if you're in a good mood, if you want. And I know we don't say that and we don't even really believe that. But the way we talk would insinuate that that's maybe what we actually do believe. Do you realize you can use your authority to loose as well as bind? You can use your authority to receive because to loose means to open unto you. Why would you open something unto yourself if you didn't want it? To loose means to, to loose in the Greek means to release into your life. Release it. That kind of sounds to me like Dad Hagen says, like he would say, it's mine. I take it now. I receive it now. Because that's what the word in the King James says, receive. But really in the Greek it says, I release it now. I open it to myself now. It's mine. I take it. But did you notice there's authority there? It's not just a passive, okay, Lord, maybe, or when you're ready, or I don't want to disturb you. I know you're busy. It's a father. I have been given authority in the name of Jesus, and I receive now. I take it. I release it and loose it and permit it in my life now. I believe that's my authority is believing. I believe that I take it and I receive it now in Jesus' name. But how many of us receive in that capacity? We'll get all hot and heavy with the devil. But when we're talking to our father, we sometimes somehow think it's disrespectful to be direct with him. Yet he's the one that said, you tithe, prove me and test me in the courtroom of heaven that I won't do this for you. If God had a problem with us being aggressive, he wouldn't have told us to prove him and test him. And that was in a lesser covenant with lesser promises. How much more in a better covenant with Jesus in our hearts? That's why he said, I will give you the keys. I can't give it to you until I rise. I'm going to take them from the devil. I've got to pay the price. But when I paid it, I'm going to give you the access. The authority is your access, but it's with your words. It's with your dominion. It's with what you say. And don't just bind the devil, sickness, mountains, problems. Don't just look at authority like verse 23. Authority works with verse 24. When you're receiving something from God, you have just as much authority to receive it and to loose it and to permit it and to open it and to take it as you do to bind it and say, get out. Amen. You have as much authority to say, I take it as you are to say, get out. It'll help you. I, it will. I, I don't know. I don't, <laughs> I don't know if you believe it, but it'll help you. It'll help you. So there's some words. There's some words that I wrote down to just to help get my mind around this, to get, to let deep, get down in my heart, get revelation from it. The word receive, that's the King James. Believe that you receive. Now, what is the believing? Mark eleven twenty three says, whatsoever, believe, don't down your heart, but believe what you say will come to pass and you'll have whatever you say because you believe. So that believing is, so what is he really talking about? What is he talking about in Mark eleven twenty three? He's talking about your authority. He's trying to say, you have been given authority. Now use your authority because what you say, if you'll believe it, if you believe you've got authority, you've got to believe you've got authority. You can't doubt in your heart you've got authority. You've got to believe, according to Matthew 18, that I've given you authority called keys. Now with that authority, say things, believe that they will obey you and they will obey you. Don't doubt, but believe. Whatever you say, you'll have because of that authority if you believe. Are you with me? Now just don't, I wish there was no break between 23 and 24, which is one sentence. Now go right into, and he says again, the word believe, believe, that's talking about authority again, because he just said, you've got authority if you believe. Believe that what you say will happen. 
believe when you speak with authority, it will move. It will obey you. That authority is believing. Remember the centurion? I know that if you say it, if I say to a man, he'll do it. If you say to the sickness, it will go. He said, you've got the greatest faith. But he's talking about authority. But Jesus said, you've got the greatest faith. So faith and authority are simultaneous. They work together. If he believed that what Jesus commanded would obey him and Jesus called it faith. So when you believe, Mark eleven twenty three, that what you command will obey you, you are having faith because verse 22 says, have faith. Do you see it? Have faith, but then he goes right into commanding authority because commanding authority is faith. You've got to believe that what you say, what you command will happen. Then he goes right into 24 and he says, now the same believing with authority, now believe not just to say to move it, but now believe to take it and receive it. Be aggressive with your receiving because you've got authority to receive. You don't have, you have authority to loose. You don't just have authority to bind. Woo. I know that sounds simple, but it was revelation to me when Jesus showed me that. So I wrote down the word receive. I'm, I have authority. I believe that what I say will come to pass. I believe that I receive. I use my authority to receive. That's the word in the King James. Then I wrote down, I have authority to claim. Because Dad Hagen said, claim what you need. Tell the devil, take his hands off, release the angels, and then praise God. Remember in that little book, claim. That word claim is the same kind of, it's the same thing as receive. You're claiming it. Then he also said, take it. It's mine. I take it now. So I wrote down the words, receive it, claim it, take it. And then I wrote down the words from actually studying in the Greek. And I say, I permit it. I release it into my life and I open it to myself. Because those are the three Greek words. And they all basically mean the same thing. If you're receiving something, you're t- claiming something, you're taking something, you're opening something, you're releasing something, you're permitting something. You want it, it's yours. It's not something that you're pushing away, it's something you're pulling toward. Amen. What are we pulling toward? Healing. What are we pulling toward? Favor. What are we pulling toward? Finances, bro- growth, increase, new clients. We got a lot of things to pull toward us. A lot of things to pull toward us. And we got some things to push away from us. Obstacles, demons, sickness, fear, doubt. We have a right to say go. And we have also a right to say come. When you speak to the mountain, you're saying go. And you believe it will obey you. But when you're talking to God, you say, Father, I say now this thing. I say comes to me. And I believe that I receive this from you. I believe that I receive. Whatsoever things you desire when you pray, believe that you receive it. And you shall have it. He will manifest it for you. I know it sounds simple, but he started saying, son, you're not releasing your authority when, you, when you're receiving from me. It's more like this passive, gentle kind of approach with God. Like, well, Father, I, and I was praying the right way. I was saying the right words, but I wasn't praying the right way. It's not just what you say, it's how you say it sometimes that God looks at. I was saying, Father, I believe I receive, but I didn't have any gumption behind it. I didn't have any force behind it. I didn't have any authority behind it. It was more like, well, Lord, that kind of a thing. Now, you don't go with the devil. You, so why do you think that you have to go with the Father? Father, I have a right. I'm not against you. I'm against the devil. I'm not against you. I'm not being rude to you. You told me to prove you. I have a right to healing. Jesus paid for it. I'm not asking. I'm not pleading. I'm not begging. I take it. It's mine. I have a right. I release it in the name of Jesus in my body now. And when you get aggressive, you'll see the power of God. It'll start to move. It'll start to move. But you've got to get like... I'm serious. I don't know if you, I think you can see it because you're the way you're responding. I think you can see it. Hallelujah. So there's this skew that I could put a little skew, a little off center in my life with this super passive approach to receiving. They're all sort of dealing with me. No, that authority works. It don't separate it. It's all one flowing scripture. I said, have faith. Then I said, have authority. Then I said, receive. 22, 23, 24. I said, have faith. Now, I told you how to have faith. Use your authority. I'm just in that verse talking about pushing things away from you. But then the next verse, I'm talking about pulling things towards you. But I'm still talking about authority because I said the word believe. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. And that receive means to open, yes. to permit it. 
Hallelujah. So, I, so there was a bit of a skew in my mind there. Now I'm starting to pray differently about certain things with more authority. Are you with me? Another uh, kind of a skew, if I can put it that way, because, you know, we can, listen, if I have skews, you have skews to the power of 10. And I'm not trying to insult you. I'm just saying, I promise you, I think about this more than anybody in this room, because that's my job. You're working, I'm studying most of the time. I'm praying, I'm listening to other ministers. I've read this verse, I don't know, seven million times. I don't know, a lot. I preached it a lot. I've heard people preach it to me a lot. And there's still more revelation to come because I'm still seeing new things after all these times. And how, to, and how to approach this. I know this might seem obvious to you, but to me, I had separated the two in my mind and it was affecting the way I received from God. But can I tell you another skew? Another, not error, it's not doctrinal error, it's just not quite being skillful. It's being dull. It's not being sharpened. And he's sharpening me and he's talking me another thing, okay? If I can bear my infractions of understanding to you. And the Lord started dealing with me and he said, now go back to verse 23. Whoever says this mountain, be thou moved, uh, be thou removed and cast in the sea and shall not down but shall believe that what he saith shall come to pass. Believe it will obey you. Believe you've got authority. You'll have it. It'll happen. And the Lord said, now do you, he's, he's a great teacher of the Holy Ghost. He knows you better than you know yourself. Just listen to him. Don't go sit on the couch or somebody else. Listen to him. And he started talking to me and he said, now, I want to tell you something that you're missing. I said, I'm missing another thing. I already missed the first thing. He said, there's a lot more you're missing that you don't even know that you're missing. But he said, when you get that kind of aggression and power and force, I commend you in Jesus' name and you believe that it will obey you. He said, something happens and you don't even really realize this is what God taught me. I was on the couch with the Holy Ghost. He said, something happens that you don't even realize that it's happening because it's subconscious to you, but I'm showing you because it's affecting the way you receive. I said, teach me, Lord. He said, when you get all and you aggressive and you do that, he said, that aggression can spill, this is how he said it, can color outside the lines. You ever colored outside the lines? Beyond the boundaries that it was set for. He said, your aggression goes outside the lines at times. What he means by that is not that I shouldn't be aggressive with my dominion, but he said, he taught me, he said, what you don't even realize you're thinking is when you, you're going to do it, you're going to do it in Jesus' name and you're, you're binding and you're, you're commanding. He said, but it's a very short, you've got to stay within a boundary. Because if you go too far, what happens is a subconscious leaning, if I could put it that way, because I don't actually think it, but it's a subconscious leaning goes into outside the boundary of the lines of, because I'm gonna, you're going to obey me. And then you start to think that you have to make it happen. You... You devil, you're going to listen to me? But then you just, you just step a little bit too far, which with a, a, a subconscious, you don't consciously, because you know you don't have the power. You know he has the power. But there's something can almost lean over, lean past the line of somewhat, I don't know why we do this, but we start to think it's my responsibility now to make him go. I have to move that mountain. I have to make sure this person gets healed. I have to make sure I get healed. Are you with me? It's very slight. It's very subtle. I didn't even realize I was doing it. And he started teaching me about, he gave me specifics. I won't say what they are, but specifics that I was believing for. And he says, now, do you have rest in your believing? And I said, not really. He said, the reason you don't have rest, peace, you're trying to make it happen. Uh, you know you can't make it happen. So that's why you're... <laughs> Are you listening? I said, he said, because this... Mm, he said, do the... Mm, 
but stay in your line. Don't mm, and then step over into some kind of weird thought of it's my responsibility to make it. Because when you think you're going to make it, when you think you have to make it and you know you can't, stress starts to come. Fear starts to come. Doubt starts to come. And now you've just blocked the whole power of God to begin with. And all your binding didn't actually really work because the devil won't listen. Because he knows you're doing it in your own strength and your own ability. But yet, theologically, you know it's the authority that God's given you, but something else doesn't work. I don't know if I'm, I'm trying to explain spiritual things in English, which is very hard to do. So he said something to me. He, he, he you know, he said, now that gun of yours, because he'll use things that you understand. I just a little, it's just a 22, but it, but it looks like a, you know, it looks like an assault rifle. I mean, I got the package. I got the package, the GR, some German automatic machine gun. I think it's GR 22 or whatever it is. Anyway, but uh, so I got this package and it looks much cooler than it really is. And it looks much more dangerous than it really is. It's just a little 22. But, but he used that as an example for me. And he says, now what's your job when you go target shooting? Your job is to put the bullets in the thing and put the magazine up, load that thing. And then he said, now what else is your job? Pull the trigger. He said, are you responsible for the chemical reaction? Are you responsible for the explosion? Because there is an explosion. Are you responsible for the force, the brute force that pushes that bullet head out of that gun, exiting from the cartridge and whizzing through the air at 2,000 feet per second or whatever it is? Are you responsible for all of that? No. I load it and I shoot. I pull. He said, why are you trying to be responsible for your healing? Why are you trying to be responsible for the money for the church? Why are you trying to be responsible for the glory center? Because you're binding, but then you don't even realize you step past that line of, I'm responsible to make it happen, and then you're stressed. Because you know you can't. And you don't even realize that you did that, so stay within the lines. He said, then he spoke to me, Taylor, and he said, your responsibility is to pull the trigger. My responsibility is to do the rest, the force, the power of the manifestation of that bullet doing damage. That's my job. You're trying to do my job and I didn't equip you to do my job. That's why you're stressed. That's why there's no rest and peace. Your job is to pull. My job is to do the explosion is to actually make it happen. Are you with me? So what is our job? We are responsible to use our authority. We are not responsible for the outcome. And it is so freeing. It is so freeing. We are not responsible, Jenny, to see that thing happen. I'm not equipped for it. I can't do it anyway. All I'm going to do is burn myself out. What I am responsible for is speak. Now, when you say, now let me, let me, I'm giving you a phrase that I use. You might want to pay attention. You can do, say however you want. There's no right or wrong. I'm just, the words are, be very specific with the, with the words. It's not semantics. Get the phraseology right. Dad Hagen was a stickler for phraseology. I use my authority. Are you, you got that word? I use my authority. In the name of Jesus, because that's where it's found. Because I believe. Because I've been in the word and I know it says if I believe, then I'll have this thing. Now, I use my authority in the name of Jesus and I say, and then you do say whatever it is. Whether it's to command and push it off or whether it's to receive and pull it close. You're still using your authority. Now, when I use my authority in the name of Jesus and I specify what I'm doing, what I've done is... That's it. That's it. That's it. I'm not responsible beyond that. Now, what happens when I, that's how he showed it to me. When you use your authority in the name of Jesus for the specific thing that you're believing for, that's how he said it to me. You release my power so it can manifest. Release my power. When you pull the trigger, you release the power of that chemical reaction to push that bullet out. It's not your job to figure that out. You just pull the trigger. 
But you have to load the bullets. You have to prepare. There's a preparation before you fire the gun. You have to know the word. You have to believe the word. You have to read the word. You have to get revelation in the word. There's a preparation. It doesn't just work because you decide to say it. You've got to get in the word and believe it. When it reveals to you, faith will come because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the revelation of the word. Your job is to get revelation in the word. That's loading the bullets. Then your job is use your authority in Jesus' name. Pull the trigger. When you do that, you release the power of God. God does it, not you. You release the power of God. It's God's power. It's what I was trying to say, not yours. Now, when that power is released, it now moves in your life. It goes into your future. There's no time or distance. Time. There's no time in the spirit realm. It goes into your future that you haven't even got to yet. And it starts to work on your behalf to manifest in the future what you need. But you have to release the power of God by using your authority. Don't try to make it happen. You're not responsible to get yourself healed. You're responsible to use your authority. You're not responsible to try to force this thing to come to pass that you're believing for. You're responsible to pull the trigger, use your authority, release the power and sit back and say, it's all coming to pass. It's all coming to pass. I know this is simple, Jenny, but there is some truth that's hidden here that I think a lot of people, they get too mamby-pamby with God on the receiving but a volcano with the devil and they don't release their authority when they receive. But on the other hand, when you're dealing with the devil and, the, and problems and mountains, you can get so that you almost start to think that you're responsible to make it happen. He said to Randy about that person that was leading the body of Christ into error with the gold dust phenomenon. And God gave that person, two of them, a season to repent. I know the name, but I don't think we need to say it on live stream. But a season to repent. They didn't. And they were causing problems in the body of Christ. People were going astray, including a lot of ministers from Ramah were going astray. And he called Dad Hagen and he said, Dad Hagen, this is what God showed me. And uh, Dad Hagen agreed with him. And he said, stand up and correct this. He told Brother Randy to stand up and correct it to the Ramah ministers. Like he gave him a th- permission to do that. He wasn't operating outside the authority that Dad Hagen had given him. At least in Dad Hagen's circles, he doesn't need Dad Hagen's permission to operate in other circles, but with the Rhema people, he needed Dad Hagen's permission because that's Dad Hagen's turf. And he gave him permission to deal with it. And it was, uh, but then, later, a little bit later, after that person, the woman didn't repent, the one who was leading this thing. Now, then, now watch the phraseology. God said to Randy, speak forth judgment. Right. In other words, because she's going to die young, she has to be removed from the scene because she's causing trouble. Now, that doesn't happen all the time, and that's only after a season of mercy, and that's only uh, one of the two higher offices that do that, not lower offices, and certainly not believers, as as a general rule. You can't go around doing that. And you can't do that even as a high officer unless God specifically tells you to and anoints you to do it. God authors that, never man. Are you with me? With Ananias and Sapphira, God authored it with Peter. Okay? Now, he said to him, speak for judgment, he says, and he said, Lord, me, like, you know, he's, and he said, you must say it in order for me to cause it to come to pass. I've never forgotten that phrase. You, he's talking to Randy, you must say it in order for, in order for me, God, to cause it to come to pass. Why? Your authority is to loose Bind and loose, you have to say things. Then God, then heaven. Notice heaven wasn't mentioned first, you were. Whatsoever you bind shall have been bound in heaven. Heaven's power will back what you say. Whatever you loose, heaven will, it backs what you say. It comes with you first. God cannot intervene, even in judgment. He cannot intervene for your good. He cannot intervene for your protection. He cannot intervene in any way unless you say it first because he has given you authority in this realm and he won't violate that authority. Are you listening? I'm trying to help you. You have the authority. You must say it. When you, that's why he said, Randy, I can't cause this to come to pass without your word. In the earth, you have authority. I've designed it that way. It's not that God 
God has all authority, but because he set it up a certain way, he won't violate his own word. He's not weak, but he chooses not to engage because of the way he set it up. I need this to come to pass. I'm going to cause it. I'm going to do the manifestation. I'm going to make the bullet fly. Don't worry about any of that. What I need you to do is say it so I can cause it to come to pass. Pull the trigger, Randy. And as soon as he spoke under the anointing with his authority in the name of Jesus, I say in the name of Jesus with the authority granted to me by the Lord Jesus Christ of Nazareth, the head of the church, in Jesus' name I pronounce judgment, you will be removed from the scene. Now he said it. Now God's power is released because of his words and now God can make it happen. And she dropped dead. But that's a negative, but there's many positives. It just depends on if you're talking about mountains or if you're talking about receiving good things. If you're talking about binding, if you're talking about loosing. But it works in both arenas. It works in both realms. Authority will work. Your job is simply to use it. Don't get on the chemical side of it. How does this work? How does a bullet go? Ah, this is so complicated. I don't I can't even see it. You know, if I can't see the bullet leave the barrel, then I'm just not going to believe it. That's what people say. Well, if I just can't see the way God's doing this, well, I'm just, I'm just not going to believe it. I'm just not going to. That's stupid, stupidity. The bullet is going so fast. You, I can't see it. And God works so incredibly and miraculously and behind scenes, in front of scenes, upside down, around, behind, before, past, present, future. He's God. He's working like that bullet. You can't see it. You can't understand it. You just pull the trigger and let his power cause it to come to pass. And it set me so free from a lot of this fear and a lot of this whatever, a lot of this responsibility. I'm not responsible. I'm not responsible to make it happen. I'm responsible to pull the trigger. I'm not responsible to manifest it. I'm responsible to command it. I'm responsible to say. Are you with me? Because when I would cast out devils, sometimes in the past, I would almost feel like when I spoke to that thing and it would growl back or the whatever, I'd almost feel like, well, I've got to get you out. You know, they've looked to me for help. I've got to make sure this happens now. Now you got, I said you come out. I don't know. But, it, but, but what it is, it looks like authority, but really I've stepped across the line and I'm into trying to make it work. My job is simply in the name of Jesus, come out. And I have to say it. I pull the trigger. I use my authority and that's all my job. I'm finished. God's power has to now drive that evil spirit out. I can't drive it out. The power will drive it out. I can't get favor for this new thing at the job. The power will give me favor. I can't heal a fly. The power will drive that sickness out. I can't heal this person. The power will fix that liver. My job, my job only is use my authority. God's job, everything else. If you'll get that down strong in your heart, strong in your heart, it'll fix so many things in your life. Get aggressive with your authority to receive and get, watch your aggression in your authority with binding that you don't try to make it, that you just speak it. I've given you two very important keys tonight that if you, if you, if you really listen and practice this, next time you're praying, Let's say, hypothetically, your son is struggling with the flu, Sandy. And you lay your hands upon him. And you say, now, Father, this is how I would pray. This is how we, this is how we may have prayed in the past. Now, Father, in the name of Jesus, I command this to leave him. I said, you go from him. I said, and I said, I said, you go from him. And you're looking for symptoms. You're looking for something better. And you're thinking, what's well, not working? Let me keep going. No, 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 no. And really what you're doing is you're trying to get them better. But this is the right way to do it. Father, no matter what he faces. Father, in the name of Jesus, I use my authority. And I commend in the name of Jesus, that thing, go in Jesus' name. I'm done. Now I trust you. That bullet's flying. That power's manifesting. The power of God is driving that out. I can't do it, but the power's moving. So what I do is I just start to praise. Father, I praise you. I praise you that it's working. 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 working. And you don't try to do any other other than just trust him and praise. And you know, the Lord called that to me. I'll close with this. He said, that's called rest. Rest. 
When you have used your authority, if there's anything then other than rest, we're in the flesh. Are you with me? If there's any other symptom that you're in your mind, attitude, feeling, condition, whatever word you want to use, that you're experiencing other than perfect peace and rest. First of all, you're in the flesh. And second of all, what you just prayed isn't working anyway. Because the devil won't listen to you. He started listening when you said it, but then he goes, oh yeah, they think that they've got all the power. I don't have to listen to them. Are you listening? Sickness, germs, cells, they won't obey you. You got nothing. The seven sons of Sceva learned that the hard way. Those devils say, I'm not listening to you. You're just saying the words, but you don't mean it. No, but when I say it and I trust God that his power is making it come to pass. Now that thing will listen because it goes, well, he, he commanded me and he has authority, but he's not trying to do it. He, he actually trusts God. I guess, uh, and then the power of God is the tsunami hits it because the power of God works when I speak. This, this, this really does work. When you're dealing with stuff, Sandy, and you know what I'm talking about, do this. It will work. This rest is critical. If you're not in rest after you've prayed, you're in the flesh and everything you just prayed didn't work anyway. So you might as well pray again. If you're stressed, I got nine minutes, nine minutes of power. If you're stressed after you've prayed, just understand something, nothing that you've said matters the hill of beans. You might as well just end that prayer, throw it in the garbage and start over. I'm serious because you've entered into fear and the fear works in the darkness kingdom. Faith works in God's kingdom and faith is rest. Faith works with rest. Can I show you please? Now, because some of you pray prayers and as soon as you say amen, you stop them from working because you get into fear. Why? Because you're trying to do it. Or because you don't really believe the devil will listen to you. Right? You've got to use your authority to receive this. You've got to use your authority to move things. And you've got to just know that God's doing it, not you. Amen. Praise God. Hebrews chapter 4, I said I've got nine minutes. Stop looking at your watches. I'm looking at the watch for you. Hebrews chapter 4, verse, verse 3. For we which have what, Reverend Greg? Believed. Amen. For we which have believed. For we which have believed that what we say will come to pass, we that believe that we have authority, we that bind and loose, when we believe and speak, what happens? We that have believed have to enter into rest. Praise God. It's right there. Now watch verse uh, 9. There remaineth therefore a rest to the people of God. For he that has entered into his rest... He also has ceased from his own works as God did from his. See, if you're praying and trying to make it happen, you're working. Don't notice it says here, your own works. Not God working it. His power man. You're trying to. <laughs> right? And then what happens? I'm not good enough. And then just stress. No, 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 no. I, I'm not smart enough anyway. I can't do it anyway. God's power is working. Now, because I believe that, I entered into rest and I'm not now working. Are you with me? Where were we? Cease from his own works of God. Now watch. Let us labor there for verse 11 to enter into that rest. Lest any man fall after the same example of unbelief. If you don't get into rest, you're going to be in unbelief. So what do you have to do? Labor, labor, labor to enter into rest. What does that mean? Effort. It's going to be effort to quieten your mind. It's going to be effort to stay out of the mental arena. It's going to be effort to say, I trust the power of God and I'm not trying to do it. My job is to say, God's job is to do my job is to say, God's job is to do. My job is to say, God's job is to do. I am now entering into that rest because I believe. And I'm not working at it myself. You with me? And one more, because the Lord showed me these two in tandem. He showed me these two in tandem. All of this is part of the second skew. You're coloring outside the lines thinking that you're responsible. Just speak it. Let me do it. Relax. What does that relaxed thing mean? Rest. He took me to Hebrews 4. He took me to Matthew 11. And then we'll close. Matthew chapter 11. But look at this whole, uh, he, he said something to me glorious here that I've never heard anybody say before. But I heard him say it to me. 
And he said, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Matthew eleven twenty eight to 30. Take my yoke upon you. Learn of me, for I'm meek and lowly heart. You shall find rest, rest, mm -hmm. rest to your souls. For my yoke is easy, my burden is light. And I heard the Lord say, did you notice I said, take my yoke upon you? That means Jesus has a yoke, right? But what, does, what is a yoke? People talk about this stuff and they don't have no idea what it's talking about. We just quote it. Do you even know what a yoke is? A yoke is that wooden thing that goes on two animals so they walk together. A yoke is for work. You put a yoke on them so that they work. Are you listening? Together. A yoke keeps them working together, not one going here or one going too slow. They have to say the same direction in the same pace. Yokes, I studied it so I know what I'm talking about. Yoke means the purpose of it is so that they would work together. Now, the Lord said, now, after I figured that out, he said, now go back and read it again. Take my yoke upon you. What does yoke mean? To work together. That's what I heard him say. Work with me, son. You're trying heavy burden and heavy laden. Yeah. You're trying to work on your own. You listen? What did Hebrews 4 say? Yeah. We've ceased from our own works. We're trying to do it ourselves. We're right. trying to figure it out. Right. That's why we're burdened and heavy laden. Mm -hmm. Now he says, come and work with me. My yoke is working with me. Now, if you'll do it my way, let me put my yoke on you. Do it my way, son. Not your way. Your way is burdensome and tired and heavy laden. But my way, my yoke, my way of working. Are you, got, you get that? My way is very simple. You trust. Now, I've given you authority. You have to speak. But the rest of it is up to me. Just trust. Just trust. Now, if you will do it my way, my yoke, my way of doing it, my system. You speak, I do. You speak, I do. You speak, I do. That's my system. That's my work. That's how I work. So take my yoke and my way of working on you. And what's going to happen? You're going to find rest Amen. to your souls. Amen. Do you see that? Rest. Yes. I don't have to worry about it anymore because God's doing it. Amen. I've ceased from my way of doing it. And because I believe I've entered into rest. You look at Hebrews 4 and you look at Matthew eleven twenty-eight. 28. You put them side by side and read them together. And you'll be astonished what it's talking about. For my yoke is easy. My way of doing it is easy. And my burden is light. If you do it my way, it will be easy. If you do it your way, it's going to be hard. Let's say somebody has a learning, a problem learning. It's very easy to fix that. Father, I use my authority in the name of Jesus. And I speak to my mind, my brain, my cognitive center that is struggling understanding concepts. And I say in the name of Jesus, I believe that I receive right now with my authority, the mind of Christ, that I would have more wisdom than my teachers and more understanding than the men of old, according to Psalm 119, verse 99 and 100. Now, Father, I believe that I receive it. I take it. I release it. I open it. I permit it. I claim it. It's mine in Jesus' name. What have I just done? I pulled the trigger. Then don't worry about it. Relax. Father, I'm not going to try to figure this out. I'm not going to enter my own works. I'm going to enter into rest by doing it your way. Your yoke is easy. Your burden is light. Your system is the way I'm doing it, not my system. Not the world system, your system. You said, you say it, I do it. I've just released my authority with my words. Now I believe the power of God is moving. It's moving. Power is coming into my mind while I sleep. My cognitive senses are, are crystallizing and sharpening. If I need a miracle, it will come. Whatever I need, it will, this ability to learn will change. I rest in it. I praise you for it. Oh, I glorify you for it. Oh, I praise you for it. Now that is the receiving side. Now what if the Lord said there's a learning disability? which maybe he, there isn't, but let's say he said, son, there's a learning disability. Now you've just done the receiving side, but now you've got to do the other side of the coin. Yeah. I say, using my authority in the name of Jesus, that disability, go from me in Jesus' name. Yeah. Now I've said it so God can do it. Now I trust the power of God's driving that out of me. I don't care where it came from, dad, granddad, who cares? The point is the power of God breaks it. 
all these people about generational curses. Yes, they exist, but there's so much talk about it, they forgot the other side of the coin that it's powerless against the blood in the name of Jesus. Who cares where you got it from? The point is when you commend it to go, it will obey you. Just now trust. Don't try to make it. Lord, I trust the power of God's driving that, 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 that disability out of me. And the power of God is moving inside me to change the very way my brain waves work. And I refuse to try to make it happen or worry about it. I'm entering into your way of doing it, your yoke, your work. You said say, and you do. I've said you do. I trust you. Glory to God. And all you do is say, Lord, I thank you and I praise you. The power of God's working for me. The power of God's work. When you lie in bed at night and nothing looks any different, the power of God's working for me. The power of God's working. It's working. It's working while I sleep. It's working while I wake. The power of God is the bullet that's making this come to pass. I say you do. I say it. You do it. That's not being disrespectful. That's the way God authored it. And when Jesus said that, Randy talked about it, when Jesus said he was talking, that little demon was making the noise. And when he finally said, go, and it left, Jesus said, I couldn't do it. I should have, I misheard you, Lord. You mean you wouldn't, you, you decided not to, but you could, but you decided you wouldn't. No, I couldn't. Why couldn't he? You see, people struggle with that. Well, Jesus is more powerful than a demon. Well, of course he is. But he has created a system in the earth realm that says he cannot intervene unless you say. Was it Dad Hagen's power making that imp go? No, the power of God drove that imp off. But unless Dad Hagen said it, God couldn't do it. Are you listening? And I said, but Lord, how does... I asked God once, how does it work? Because Jesus, you are Jesus. You are more powerful than any demon. I know why you said it to him, but help me understand it. And he answered me. He said, my word will answer that. And he took me to the book of Daniel. And, and remember when Daniel was sold into the lion's den and the king said, yes. that the king was trying to figure out how to get him out. But then the Bible says, the king's own command could not be changed. He wanted Daniel out, but because he had written the command. And in the laws of the Medes and Persian, a king's command is unaltered even by death. You understand? So because he said it, he could not change it even though he was the king. And the Lord said, it's the same way with me. I have instituted a system of rules, laws, spiritual laws in the earth realm as the king of heaven. Now, I can't even change those own rules because they are set and they cannot be altered. That's why he said, I can't. It's not that he's powerless against demons. It's that he can't violate his own rule that he put in the, into place. When the time comes when that rule is removed, Jesus can do whatever he wants with any demon he wants. But at this moment, because he set a rule and the king's word cannot be altered. That's what he meant by it. He said, I can't involve myself. Unless you say it, Kenneth, I can't do it. Now, you don't have power to move that demon. I do, but I can't unless you say, just say go. I told you to bind. Do it. The key's in your pocket. Pull it out and speak. So don't say, Jesus, take sickness away from me. You speak. Jesus, I need a job. Please give me. You speak. And he'll do. I wish people would get this. Heard somebody on the internet said this statement against. <laughs> How dare people say that we have authority. There's nowhere in the Bible that says we have authority. This woman was going on. I started punching the radio in the car and I thought I better stop. I'm going to break that. I'm going to physically break the car. I was so angry. She never done have, she doesn't have eyes. She doesn't have brain. Cause she never read the Bible. The Bible says constantly, I can't deal with the devil unless you speak. You speak, I do. How many times have I said that? Are you getting it? If you remember one phrase from tonight, four words, you speak, God does. Just remember that. You have to speak and God will do it. Kenneth Hagin had to speak. God moved that demon, but he had to speak. The word of the king cannot be altered. He has said, I cannot intervene in the earth realm in this dispensation unless you speak. Amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So Jenny, I'm speaking. 
with authority to receive. And I'm speaking with authority and not trying to make it happen. I'm just trusting I pull the trigger, God does the rest. And I enter into the sweet, blissful thing called rest because I'm working with Jesus. Jesus is on one side, Brother Greg, and I'm on this side, and we've got a yoke between us, and I'm keeping pace with him, and I'm just doing it his way. And he looks at me, and he says, he's one animal like, I, like a bull, and I'm the other. And he looks at me, and he says, you speak, I do. Yes, sir, speak. And then God does it. And I'm just walking with him. And I'm not working on my own way. And I'm not stressed. I just have a light burden, a light burden an easy load, an easy load, because I'm working with Jesus. Well, hallelujah, hallelujah. If, you can't, if you're not helped now, then I need to raise you from the dead. <laughs> Father, I thank you in Jesus' name. I thank you for helping me, putting me on the couch, teaching me, great counselor. Oh, great counselor, there's so much in the word that we've never heard preached because there's revelation that's always growing. Not error and falsity and strange things, but there's more truth in the word that you're teaching us to sharpen our faith sword, that we would be skillful. Instead of hacking, we would slice through. Father, I've helped sharpen their swords tonight. Let them be more skillful going forward. I know I certainly will be and am being. I bless them and I thank you for them in Jesus' name.